hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. You know, the majority of young people growing up today, well, in developed countries anyway, have more money, more opportunities, more education, more access to information, and they've travelled more than any previous generation before them, on, on average. Okay. Now, we tell our young people, I don't know, I, I think we probably tell our young, young people, be whoever you want to be. You know, you're, the world's your oyster. You know, go study, get the job that you want. You know, the, the opportunities are endless. They're out there for them to take hold of and for us. So you would think with all this freedom, with all this affluence, with all this opportunity that, you, that we have, especially in developed nations, that we would be the happiest, most fulfilled people ever. And yet, the irony is that mental health issues are higher than any previous generation. So what are we missing? What's going on here? Like, providing a stable social environment is important. And aren't we blessed to be in New Zealand at the moment to even gather like this and, uh, after the year that we've just had and as we watch other nations around the world struggle and we continue to pray for them. And, and all of that, even having good education systems and health systems and a stable economy and all that sort of thing, yes, that is good. And we need to pray for our country and pray that that continues. But it's not everything. There are cries of our heart which provide just a stable social environment doesn't meet. Author and counsellor Robert McGee puts it this way, and the quote will come up on your screen. From life's first outset, we find ourselves on the prowl, searching to satisfy some inner unexplained yearning. Our hunger causes us to search for people who will love us. Our desire for acceptance pressures us to perform for the praise of others. We strive for success, driving our minds and bodies harder and farther, hoping that because of our sweat and our sacrifice, others will appreciate us more. There's a deep cry in every one of our hearts that goes, please accept me. Please think I'm valuable. Please tell me that I'm making a significant contribution. And the problem is that those around you aren't able to do that to the level that we all desire because we're all trying to do the same thing, right? So what you need, you know, you need that feedback in your life for someone to love you and value you and all that sort of thing. But you need that same thing. So you have that same cry of your heart. And the Bible is very clear on that point, is that we won't find all the answers. We won't be fully satisfied in these areas, just in our relationships with each other. It just isn't enough. It, it takes us so far but it doesn't take us all away. It doesn't meet all the cries of our heart. As good as your family and friends and connections around the world may be, we will only find those answers in a connection, in a right relationship with our Creator. 
Because the principle that goes right through the Bible, which we will look at today, is that the creator determines the value of his creation. And so if you lose connection with your creator, you lose a lot. And it may explain why these cries of our heart don't get met because we're not meeting with God, we're not connecting with him. So let's have a look at the scriptures together. Genesis 1 and verse 1. Probably a passage you know well, but let's have a fresh look at it. Genesis 1 verse 1 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes on to explain how he created the heavens and the earth. The pinnacle of his creation on the sixth day, we read this, Genesis 1 verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind, human beings, in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created us in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. So, kind of a foundational scripture right at the start of the Bible that, that, that God's saying you need to know this. To form your worldview, to understand how life works, you need to understand this. So what is God explaining in this? Well, first of all, he's explaining that we are created. He made you. Now you might think, yeah, yeah, I got that, but just absorb the power of that truth today, that you are not an accident. doesn't matter the circumstances of your birth. You are not an accident. You are not just a product of biology or evolution, like the world may tell you. You were created by God. All of us were created by God. God planned when you would live and who you would be. You are here now because God wants you here now. You're not just taking up space. A couple of weeks ago, I, um, I was counselling a, a young lady who's struggling with this very concept. Uh, she said, oh, and she literally used these words, I, Warren, I feel like I'm just taking up space. And, and that's why this truth is so important for us to know. We didn't just happen to be here. You don't just happen to be alive. The God who created the world, when I want you to be here, to be on my world right here, right now. We are created by God. Second thing this passage tells us is that we're kind of the coolest thing that God ever created. And God made some really cool things. Like, you know, I, I look at creation and I go, man, that is really cool. You know, when it's mind-boggling, you know, when you understand the universe that we live in and the, and the world we live in and the complexity of it and the power of it and all of that. And out of all those things, God went, I'm gonna, the best thing I'm going to make is you. 
God went to a lot of trouble to create you. He, he actually went, I, this is actually going to be humankind. Each one of us, he kind of went, no, 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 this isn't going to be like any other thing in creation. It's not going to be just like another animal or anything like that. No, they're going to be like us. We reflect the image of God. We actually are made like God and for God. We're not God, let's just be clear on that. But we are made to be like him so we can relate to him. We are the pinnacle of his creation. We are the most intelligent and high capacity thing he made. That's pretty cool, don't you think? I think that's pretty cool. You know, when you, when you think about it, we place values that the value of something is determined by its complexity, right? You know, that, see, most of us drive pretty average cars. You know, we probably drive a Toyota Corolla or, or something like that because we're sensible people. Um, they go, we just need to get around. But some of us, if you're lucky, drive an Audi or a Mercedes or something like that. Now, why are they more expensive? Well, probably partly because it's just got that badge on the side of it, but partly is it's a more complex machine. It, was, it took a lot more effort to put together. There's fancier stuff in it. When they made the, the space shuttle with all its complexities, or the Hadron Collider, which is this big thing where they measure um, the speed of atoms and things like that, it, was, it took years to make. It's really, really complex. And they spend billions and billions of dollars on it. Why? They value it because of its complexity. What did God take the most time making? You. What does, he, where does he spend most of his time thinking through how he will bring his purpose about on the earth? He thinks about you. Which brings us to the third point that's very clear in this passage. You, you and I, are created with a purpose. He didn't just make us and go, here's a world, knock yourself out, see how you go. He goes, no, here's a world, look after it. Increase, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Now when you look at that, we've done an okay sort of job at filling the world. You know, there's kind of 7 billion plus people on the planet. We've, we've kind of fulfilled that mandate. Looking after the world that he's given us, being good stewards of it. Mm, yeah, maybe not quite so much. You know, God created us to bring his life and his purposes to the world that he has given us. That's, that's who we are. We didn't, we're not here to just exist. We're here to partner with him and his purpose in looking after his creation. We're, our purpose is to relate to him and to fulfill his, his purpose and his, his will in our lives and through our lives. That alone gives us huge value and huge meaning. So God created us. God made us very special. He created us with a purpose. Now, in this account, it's Adam and Eve who receive this. They're the the first people that God creates to be like himself. So what happens next? Well, Adam and Eve, and we don't know for how long, but Adam and Eve enjoy for a time a very close relationship with God. And they do exactly what 
they were expected to do. They stay connected to God. They name the animals. They partner with God in looking after his creation. And because they did that, the important thing to see here is they receive everything they would ever need from God. Let's, let's just dwell on that point because it's an important point. All the life they would need, all the purpose they would need, all the love they would need, all the wisdom, provision, everything they would need in life, they had. They were fulfilled. They were satisfied. There was no grief. There was no loss. There was no, oh, I haven't got enough of this. or They had everything that they needed. Why? Because they were connected to a good father. The, the connection was there. The relationship was there. They, had re- they received everything they needed from God. There was no cry of their heart that wasn't met. Because they had a perfect parent. Now just imagine that for a moment. So let, let's just look at that. Imagine if you had perfect parents. Okay, My kids don't need to imagine that. Because, no, no, just joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, like it says, because Ginny is awesome. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, um, no, none of us are perfect parents. And none of us have had perfect parents, right? But imagine if you did. Imagine if, you know, every encouragement that you ever needed, you were given. Any, any resource that you needed at the time that you needed it, you had. Wouldn't that empower your life so much? Wouldn't it help you? It would just give you such a good start. And that's what all of us parents hope to give our kids because we know this is the way that God created us to be. But we needed to maintain that connection, not just with our natural parents, but with God, our Creator our true heavenly father. But Adam and Eve chose to not keep that connection. They chose to do their own thing. And why we do that, who knows, but we do it. Genesis 3 verse 8 says this, Then after that sin, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. In other words, God was going, hey, I'm coming to relate to you. Let's hang out together. Let's connect. But they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called out to them, where are you? You see, when we go our own way, when we choose to not establish that close connection with God, What happens is we disconnect from the one who created us. We disconnect from our purpose. We disconnect from our identity as a child of God. We disconnect from the love that he has for us. We disconnect from the security that he provides. We disconnect from the one who values us. And Our creator is like in the garden searching for us. And we're hiding in the bushes going, no, 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 no. I've rebelled. I've gone my own way. But praise God through Christ, he has reestablished that relationship. So we can come back into the life 
that God has for us. But we've got to recognize that we rebelled, that we went our own way, and we've got to come out of hiding. And when I mean we come out of hiding, I mean we've got to bring those deep cries of our heart out of hiding and let God speak into those. See, the thing is, we can have this theory that we believe in God and that God is good to us and all that sort of thing, but we actually don't let God address those really deep cries of our heart. And so over the next few weeks, we're going on a journey where we're looking at, well, what are those deep cries of our heart and how do we reconnect with God? And one of the important things that we're going to, how we're starting this series is this, is that we reconnect with our Creator when we allow Him to speak into those deep areas of our lives. But here's the trick, here's the thing, is you need to give Him permission to do that. You can't be like Adam and Eve who go, no, 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 God, I've got this, I've got this. I know that you can speak to my identity, that you can speak to how valuable I am, you can speak to whether I'm loved and who I am and all that sort of thing, but I, I, I know you probably can do that, but I'd rather get it from everybody else and I'd rather sort it out for myself, thank you very much. That's disconnecting with your creator. See, because here's the thing, and I, this may be a bit hard for you to hear, but it's the truth. You don't know who you are. None of us have ever known who we truly are without God. And we go searching all our lives through our childhood, through our teenage years, our young adult years, and then our adult years, and we, we try and figure this all out. Well, who am I and what can... Um, contribution can I make to society and, and how do I fit in this family and this church and all that sort of thing and we try and figure that all out and we kind of get cues from other people and what they're telling us but actually at the end of the day we have to set all that aside and stop listening to our voice and everyone else's voice and go God who do you say I am like what we were singing about before who do you say I am we need to return our hearts to its true home as the one that was created by a God who has a purpose for us. Um, you know, I was in the news recently, it's been um, exposed, the, the guy that killed Grace Mullane. And, um, you know, that, that was, that's a tragic case. If you don't know the situation, Grace Mullane was a British backpacker that was here 2018 and um, hooked up with a guy on Tinder or something like that and um, he, he basically killed her. And, um, and her family were distraught by it, like I think she was like 21, 22, something like that. And it sh obviously should never have happened, obviously this guy um, should be punished for what he's done and all that sort of thing. But you know, and watching the news about Grace's case, you know, uh, and having daughters around that age. Um, as a dad, that breaks my heart. Um, and seeing Grace's parents talk about, um, you know, the, the situation as well, you can see that their heart was broken. Why? 
Because what we, see, here's the thing. It's not just the loss of their daughter, but it's, it's that I know for them as a parent, they would have just gone, Grace, if you're really searching for love, if you're really searching and trying to work out who you are, how valuable you were, how important you are, you didn't have to hook up with this guy that was a complete tosser. You could have come home. You could have come home. And we have a God who wants us to come home. We have a God who sees the cries of our heart and sees us searching to meet those needs in all the wrong places. And so that's why at the start of the series, our encouragement to you would be this, is to say, God, I'm opening my heart to you for you to speak into it and say who I truly am. What all of us need to hear today, whether you've heard it before and need a fresh reminder or you've never heard it, we all need to hear who God says we are. Amen? We all need to hear that. And I don't know how God will do that. In my pastoral experience over 20 years or so, I've seen God do this in numerous different ways because just like a, a, a parent will individualise how they communicate their love to each particular child they have, so God does the same to you because he created you. He knows you. He loves you. He knows you inside out and he will communicate his love and his value and his significance of you in a way that you get and that you understand. And so we're going to pray into that and seek that today. Can we do that together? Cool. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Yeah, I'll have the band up. It would be great. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the truth of your word, which you've revealed to us, that you created every one of us. None of us stand here today as accidents. None of us stand here today without value, or without love, or without purpose. Because you are our dad. And you created us with a purpose, with value, totally loved. And Lord, I pray that we would each have the courage to turn to our Father, our good Father, to put our trust in you again today so that you can speak to those deep cries of our hearts. Lord, we choose to surrender our effort of figuring this out ourselves. We choose to surrender our belief about what we think we might be or what others have told us that we should be or could be or are. 
we set all of those words, all those beliefs aside today. And we come and we stand before the God who created us. And we pray. Heavenly Father, reveal who we are to you today. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.